Richard Mendenhall earlier this week about how that should be the Pro Bowl to prove that it's his team that he would put together that would crush anything that we could possibly come up with. We're not following his request, though, that we shouldn't be talking football. We're also yeah. we're violating that request. We uh, we acknowledge that we are extremely average white guys, but we still like to talk about football. Right. So I don't want to you know <laughs> verify that part of what he's saying that he doesn't want to hear from any average white guy about the game of football. But uh, it did get a huge response, and um, let's let's dive right into it. Yeah. We, we've asked Albert Hainsworth, uh, former All Pro himself, good friend of the show to come in studio to kind of talk through this idea of what Rashard Mendenhall is saying right now. Albert on with us right now. So Albert, uh, first off, when you see this post, did you laugh? And how many times did you want to go after critics the same way Rashard Mendenhall did? Uh, you know what? He, I mean, he's somewhat got a point. You know, uh, some some guys, you know, they're they're fans, so they'll, they'll like uh, – you know, comment, but then the guys that are like super, you know, critics. I mean, yeah, like, like, let me see you come out here and just do just a piece of it. Just, just do a little warm up, you know, and see if you could do anything. So he got like a little point, but like, I mean, I kind of like the draft thing, but uh, no, I mean, I love you guys, so you can comment all you want. I got your back. <laughs> We're average. We're uh, maybe below average. Yeah. 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 Standards. No, no way. Not, <laughs> not here. I mean, rock stars. We uh, we love you too, by the way, and that's why we invited you in to, to discuss this. We also agree, How? by the way, Chad, that this would be a boat race game, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we you know we've we've seen, we've heard from JJ Watt and a lot of former players and others. He immediately joked. He said, "Might have a problem at corner." <laughs> On our, on our oh, white well, we team, we, uh, will. Uh, we may have a problem covering Tyreek Hill, and I think the rosters we're going to show will prove that. Uh, how often are things like this joked about or talked about in a locker room? I think that's the biggest thing that you know, average people who didn't play pro sports. I've seen a lot of NFL guys say, "Oh, we've had this debate in a locker room many times over about get the white guys together versus the black guys, and what would that look like, and how bad would it be?" I'm sure you guys have talked about this before, right, Albert? I mean, yeah, but not in football. It's always like some odd sport. Like, you know, you got the O-line. They want to do the bowling. You know, they want to do the bowling and stuff. Or they want to do like some kind of ping pong. Or uh, Waterson, our, our strength coach yeah. back then, he, you know, he wanted to come up with this. I don't know. It's kind of somewhat of a soccer-ish <laughs> Football, basketball. Yeah, you're, you're, type you're talking thing. about average white guy pursuits, is what's funny. It sounds to me like the white guys are challenging uh, probably superior athletes they're talking to into, yeah. into bowling contests. Golf. To, oh, for yeah, superiority, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, that's, that's, that's what they would do. They're like, hey, all right, they, they get the advantage. So uh, that's how we started uh, playing golf. <laughs> well, so <laughs> Richard Mendenhall's tweet it got some people. I think life is too short to be outraged over everything. I, I saw the tweet, and I knew it was going to cause a lot of anger from people. I didn't really care. I kind of laughed at it. I thought it was yeah. a little bit over the top when he says, you know, I'm, I'm better than your goat, and I didn't quite understand what he was saying. He later come back and clarified, I'm going after critics that are all over me about things. I think he's talking about Ben Roethlisberger in kind of a subtweet yeah. fashion. Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw this. both sided with Pickett more than Tomlin. yeah on how things would be – why the Steelers are where they I are. I think he's also defending his coach, the criticism said, of Tomlin. To my knowledge, he hasn't said that. But I, I get the feeling that he's yeah. referencing what's going on in Pittsburgh this season. But to me, it was funny to think about this concept. So, Hutton, we went ahead and uh, 
had a little sneak peek of what that Pro Bowl yes. might look like yes. if you divided by races. Uh, Albert, full disclosure, earlier this week I said I, I would set the spread just initially. My first response was minus 29 and a half. Um, I feel, I think... Chad, you were what? Black, black team minus oh, 29 oh, yeah, and a half, of course, by the way. Yes. 29, 29 and a half point 29 and a half. I didn't go that extreme. I thought it'd be more like 17. I'm thinking yeah, two you started, touchdowns You plus. started at like 13, 14. I started at 13 or 14, and then I started to look at defensive back yeah, options. there are some positions, yes. And when I realized we had Bobby Carpenter on, Albert, and he said, well, the issue is you've got to move like smaller linebackers over to corner on the white guy team, right? Or move safeties up to corner is your only chance. Yeah. That's a problem. You you know how difficult the, those guys have it on, on outside. That that could be a problem for this white so team. It, here we are with the Pro Bowl. We'll we'll show you that what we uh, have drafted here. We start just with the with the quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Uh, for the the black offense, you have uh, a running back, Albert Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah on the perfect. opposite end, Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk. Is uh, where we turn. No offense. Who's 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 Kyle? He's now in San, uh, San Fran, and he was. He's in, a fullback. Yeah, fullback. He <laughs> was in Baltimore. Yeah, okay. he's kind of like your hybrid. You know, he can he can catch some catch some balls too. Uh, not, but again, uh, not Derrick Henry. Yeah, your second team. Not is Derrick, Derrick Henry. Henry. Yeah, it's the backup, the, right. the the second to string guy. Pretty good. So far, do you do you like the first op- options for your team? Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey. It, it, I, I like the competitive nature of those four names, but it's who else is around them that is going to make this lopsided. Uh, I mean, you're pretty even till you get to your fourth player. I'm not gonna lie, like I, I did. at those positions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're saying once you get to Kyle Uzcheck, that's that's a problem. Yep. They're they're. Do you would you give consideration to Lamar Jackson over Hertz or Mahomes offensively? Um, as a quarterback or do you think those are the right two at the top you know like um yeah yeah I could probably switch one out you know right now like uh I would hate to say it but I'd probably switch out Jalen and Mm. put uh Lamar because uh you know Lamar gonna give you that different uh you know he gonna give that run you know what I mean He, he can he can scramble and also throw so by the way, pretty good to have uh, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott as three, four options. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a on that team. Cowgirls fan. Yeah, so can't go with the Cowboy. No, no Cowgirls. The, you got, no, the wide receiver is uh, where the, the game it's, really turns. Starts uh, to starts to flex a little bit here right. for the the offense. With How the are wide you? Uh, you would be coaching uh, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams on our end. Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, and we put T.J. Hawkinson. At wide out instead of tied in. It had to get creative with some of these uh, white skill position players and kind of move them around to some different spots and different positions. <laughs> I like your trifecta a little bit better there, Albert. What do you think, though, about tight end? This probably the one area where there's a sizable advantage on the white squad at tight end. So you're going to run, you're going to run uh, three tights? Well, we'll do, we'll do whatever you have to. Four tights because <laughs> TJ Hawkins is going to play receiver also, is what oh, we had yeah. on, the, on the roster. I mean, you got to put Cup in there. So, we, like, hey, run some short routes, I guess. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're hey, not going deep uh, very often. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're not blocking much, <laughs> I guess. You don't like the offensive line, you're saying? Oh, no, no, no. Come on now. Oh, Trent, okay. Trent Williams is my, my guy. Armstead you know? behind him, plus Tunsil. Yeah. Tyler but, Smith, Zach Martin. I'm just talking about our tight end. We're, we're going to chip. We got to chip. Well, 
Oh yeah, you got some great uh, line or not linebackers, but uh, DNs too. Yeah, we're gonna definitely have the chip. Uh, also, that the the X factor players we threw in here, uh, Taysom Hill uh, for the white team, and in the, uh, the <laughs> mythical uh, Pro Bowl matchup, Debo Samuel as one that Albert request, requested. Jack, you got to. Yeah. They can do it all. These are some throwback guys uh, that can do a little bit of everything. Let, let's take a look at defense now. This and is where the game. This is where it goes south for blow, the white team, to where it's going to be. You're going to be hard pressed uh, to have press coverage on any yep. receiver that we just saw for the black offense because Riley Moss at corner out of Iowa and Albert. Then you got to go to Braxton Berrios as a <laughs> slot receiver being moved over to the defensive side. That, that's a problem. Uh, you've seen bad cornerback play in the NFL, and you know how that can cost a football team. Oh, yeah. What do you think about this white squad's defensive back play? Hey, as long as we block up front, we're good. Yeah, we need <laughs> we're Nick, Nick Bosa and Max Crosby to just go off. I don't think off. you need to block that long either for guys to get open no. against these defensive backs either. That, yeah. That's also good news. You're right. I mean, we can almost just draft – we could draft – Dolphins receivers, you could draft the the Eagles receivers. I mean, we the the, the yeah. difference too is you yeah. end up with Sauce Gardner, uh, Jair Alexander, and Patrick Sertain uh, to cover. Well, Cooper I, I Cup all, to cover Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, who's on the downside of his career, <laughs> and, and TJ Hawkinson, who is a tight end being moved over right. to wide receiver. I, I will take those guys yeah. against them. Cooper Cup's the one that probably can get open and do some things against anyone. But I'm taking those defensive backs over them. Hey, but you go got to think which one is gonna like our linebackers though. So we could probably double your receivers, be good. But which one of our linebackers is gonna cover uh, the tight ends? McCaffrey. No. Oh, the running back out of the backfield. That's a good point. Yeah. Hey, you played defensive tackle that. at a, at a high level in the league. What do you think about that three pack of defensive linemen uh, interior? Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, Dexter Lawrence in the middle. I hate that. I hate the. You know, I hate the three four. Need a four three. I, I would ends. I would have uh Jeffrey Simmons on this team. Yeah. 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 Personally. Oh, we got yeah, we have it. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. but I would yeah, I would definitely have uh Jeff. Uh so Chad, I, I simply say this is a this is a boat race of a game. Minus twenty nine and a half, I'll stick with it. Yeah, we're gonna throw out some oh, I'll, options. I'll take more. I mean I, I know we're gonna you think you're going up? What do you say? Minus oh, yeah. 35, five touchdown favorite? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So 35, you say 29. Yeah. Put it I'm, right around I'm 30. Gonna go, I'm going to go 24 only because here's, here's my strategy. You me, tell me people. what you think, all right? Yeah, this is the white strategy for this game. <laughs> And this is a very white guy way to attack this game. Chad will now uh, I, I am going like show his seven to ten yard cushion coverage with Riley Moss on the outside and Braxton Berrios. I've got solid safety play okay. behind them. I, I am going to try to force the opposition to nickel and dime their way down the field and see if they can have 11, 12 play drives down the field and not give up the big play, right? If you do that, the odds of turnovers go up, the more plays you run, all of that. I think I can get this thing around four touchdowns, three to four touchdowns by doing that and working the middle of the field with those tight ends. Good quarterback play for the white team. Great tight end play. Outside of that, and kicker, we didn't show the kickers. Outside of the kicking advantage, it's, it's yeah. all black team all the way, right? 
Yes. Uh, so you, you're, you're saying you would cover 29 and a half. I'm saying I would set the line. We'll ask our viewers, too, to set the line of this game. I'd set it at 24. Okay. You're going, <laughs> Albert's going 35. You're going right 29. 30, yeah. So those will be our options. We'll put them right around that mark. Who's your coach, Albert? Ooh. Uh, we just talked about Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D'Amico so. Ryans? Mike, yeah. Did might, you? Might go to a little young D'Amico. Yeah. I mean, you? can we can we draft a, a, a like a, current a white a white offensive coordinator? I mean, <laughs> we could work some sort I mean, of trade, right? I mean, like I'm I'm gonna put I'm a, what's I'm the value dra- of that to you? I'm a draft I'm a draft Heupel. There you go, Josh Heupel from Tennessee to yeah. call offensive plays, just so we can widen it out. Yeah, that and see, not- see that's the game plan. You <laughs> yeah. go yeah up tempo yeah hurry yeah. up up tempo. It's it's I mean. He'll cover the spread in the first half, is what he's saying. Yeah. If Josh Heupel was coaching the offense, I'm going up on my 24-point mark and saying more like 45 <laughs> because the speed of the game is really going to wear it out quicker. Yeah. That's I mean, not going to be If it's good. a 48-man game day roster, Albert's saying he doesn't even need to carry a punter. Yeah, I, he, my nah. question would be, what, what would it take to get one or two of your corners in a trade? Just all the tight ends? Yeah, who's the player that one you definitely want? I mean, tra- if we traded Travis Kelsey and George Kittle to get, let's say, Jair Alexander, right? Oh, well, we, uh, would, would, you, would, you, would you do that? Or Sauce, one of the two. Was that a trade you would make? Because mm, that at least gives, gives the white squad two guys who actually play corner on the roster. Instead of just no. the one, May Force one three and out. How, how many players? You how many corners? I'm giving you Travis Kelsey, and I'm giving you George Kittle. I'm giving you two thirds of the tight end rotation, keeping T.J. Hawkinson as a hybrid tight end receiver. Uh-huh. If you give me one of your corners, you can pick, pick any of those corners right there. We'll take any corner on the white team. Would you make that trade? Uh yes. Okay, good. Absolutely. Well, that, that see that to me would lower it down again. I'm, now I'm back to like 27, 28 as the point spread. Oh, we're still going to spread the field. Albert, did I hear yeah, correctly that you were calling? Who, a, who are you going to call? Who are you going to? Who are you going to cover? Who Who are your guys that's going to cover? Uh, uh, no one. <laughs> yeah, Harrison Smith from seven years ago maybe could cover a little bit, but not right now. Uh, Reed Blankenship's not doing anything. Matt Milano, I think, is decent as a linebacker here's, in coverage, but here's your again. Decent. I love that. It's blanket. It's like cover four blanket coverage trying to come up and. Make this, the tackle after the catch. Our first team would lose to the third team that the, that Albert could draft today. I, I I agree with that. But we could go further than that. Probably. Now we could yeah. probably go back in time too. And, Give me my yeah third. Yeah, it has to be like post post segregation because I'm not counting any of the white guys who only played against white guys. But after the game was integrated, if you did all white, all black throughout time throughout the history yeah. of the NFL. Maybe that's a little bit closer of a game, but right now, today, all pro, Rashard Mendenhall idea, it is a blowout in favor of the black team. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Mendenhall is outraged that we're speaking on this. Yeah. Mendenhall, really? I think. Uh, we're two white men. I think Mendenhall I, just I'm, liked our tweet. Give me your pass. All right. Thank you, Albert. I got, I got your, your pass. I think Mendenhall liked the tweet, actually. Uh, so there it is. We'll, we'll put the vote out there also to see what the point spread would be. Uh, Albert's probably more right here on the, the boat yeah, race. I would say so. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, thanks Merry for coming Christmas. in, Albert. Yeah, of course. You're the man. What, next time we got to talk about your boxing work. Oh, my God. I'm not boxing. I'm I know that. No, I'm saying, yeah, your commentary work <laughs> with boxing. We got to get into that next time. Yeah. I need to join you at some point, too, on that. Yeah, how'd it come out? Speaking of another guy who knows the white team would get killed, Ryan Leaf. Yep. Who's joining us next.
He's he up knows. next. Hot Mike with Honey Withrow across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. Chad, uh, Florida State's Board of Trustees, this is from uh, Brett McMurphy, expected to begin the process tomorrow of Florida State pursuing an exit from the ACC. This through the, uh, the Action Network. Um, one source telling McMurphy, quote, it will have an Oppenheimer-like ripple effect, end quote. Florida State can leave the ACC. Uh, the earliest would be uh, June 30th, 2025. With that, we say hello to Ryan Leaf, who joins us. Ryan, what do you, uh, first off, Merry Christmas. Hope you and the family Merry are Christmas. doing great. Great to see you. Uh, when you hear this, did, is this something that you pondered whenever they were left out of the college football playoff after they were considering this months ago and decided not to pursue the, the exit from the ACC by the deadline in August? Well, I mean, the committee flat out told them that the ACC isn't good enough to get you in, uh, pretty much. I, I mean, I think this is all just placeholder stuff uh, for about two years. And then, you know, we're going to see the real college football, and that it being the National Collegiate Football League. It's just... It's where we're going. We're going to get there. I just think it's two years from now. So I, I really don't think it matters much where anybody goes right now, who anybody plays. I, you know, the, the committee's still going to be the committee to decide on what 12 teams get into the college football playoff. Um, I think that's a bigger question. Like, you know, if you are a, a you know, man without a country type uh, a situation with no conference, uh, how is that going to be weighed against those others that that play in conferences that are loaded up with? Um, so that'll be the bigger question. I'm not I'm not too concerned with Florida State leaving the ACC. They can go wherever the heck they want to go, and uh, they got they got the best coach possible in Mike Norvell to take them wherever they need to take them, whatever conference they're in. So I mean, they're going to be one of the teams that that's picked in the National Collegiate Football League, and two years from now, and when that all the realignment again happens. Once more, yeah. What Ryan is referencing for those unaware, the 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 TV rights are up after a two year period with the new college football playoff format of twelve teams. The buyout, by the way, according to Front Office Sports, is around one hundred and twenty million. If they were to leave the ACC based on the grant of rights, but I'm with you, Ryan. I think it's all just it's posturing because in five to ten years, everybody's going to be a part of the same league. <laughs> Who's left if and who isn't, before. right? Well, yeah. the team, the teams that can afford to to be yeah. in there. I mean, because it's going to be a standalone league, uh, no NCAA, a czar that oversees everything and their own media rights deal. So, and yeah. Florida State's uh, one of those teams, right? And Florida like, State yeah. is is one of them. They're they're one of the blue bloods that is going to be a part of that conversation. And I, I'm I'm kind of floored by this because I was floored when they were snubbed, and I hated it for Florida State, and I disapprove of the decision. I also think some of this could be an overreaction because the 12 team playoff moving forward and exactly what you just said, Ryan, we're, we're all going to be in a spot where those that have the money to do it are going to play at the highest level. Florida state will be one of them eventually when the dust settles. So does it really benefit you all that much to try to move away from the ACC right now, knowing you go undefeated next year, you're going to be in the playoff anyways. Yeah. I, I mean the, the, 
the price tag for it for me is the thing that's uh, in my mind untenable but clearly yeah. college athletics has showcased that hey you know it's a drop in the bucket in some of those instances so um that would be my only disclaimer in all this like hey you know it's going to go to 12 teams next year you know you've showcased how you can navigate the the transfer portal really well coach Norvell uh you put together a great team as you showcased without your starting star quarterback you still found a way to win games against your rival Florida and then in a, a ACC championship game so I, I think that speaks volumes to the character of this football team and what they have moving forward so yeah I, I just if somebody wants to foot the bill and they can go off and do what they want for a couple of years you know and maybe give you know maybe it's a little bit of a you know here have this type of mentality fine but that's a lot of money that uh, you know you could probably use differently to help benefit your program. Yeah, I mean you'll you'll potentially host a game in the playoff next year and make money, and uh, it's 120 million over two or three years. Not worth it potentially. Uh, Ryan yeah. Leaf with us, host of the Straight Line Pod. Uh, you can catch him on social at Ryan D Leaf. Uh, Thursday night football as we switch gears and, and look at the NFL tonight. It's the Rams hosting the Saints. Many believe that the Rams at seven and seven, if they make their way into the postseason they could present a problem to who they would play on the road. Do you view the Saints in the same way? I, oh, no, I don't view the Saints in the same way at all. Uh, I don't think the Saints really do much of anything over the next couple of weeks. I think they've lost two out of the last three. Uh, and I, I really had a lot of high hopes for, for New Orleans. I thought Derek Carr was going to be a, a difference-making variable that got this team over the top, especially with the schedule that they had. And they just... They couldn't figure out the red zone uh, at all. They couldn't score the points when they need to. Finally, you know, instant, you know, they went out and then got Jimmy Graham and didn't use him until weeks, you know, 15 and 16, it seems like. Um, but for the Rams, that's a different story. The Rams can present problems because they have four of the best players at their positions in the NFL, right? Cooper Cup at wide receiver, Matthew Stafford at quarterback, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Donald at, at defensive line. And then I consider this a position and Sean McVay as head coach. I mean, those four guys... They can find a way to get to nine and eight, which is a real possibility when a new two of the next three that gets them into the playoffs of the number seven seed. Uh, I don't think the seven seed in the NFC is going to do any damage simply because of what the top three teams look like. And you may even want to throw Detroit in there in that conversation because of how well they're playing and to see how well they finish. But but I think what it showcased about the Los Angeles Rams is they're very capable uh, if they get. Uh, some of those draft picks back that they gave away to get a championship to complement um, those four positional players that are incredibly um, good. So I think that's a bigger story there, unfortunately, for the Saints tonight. Short week, four days, uh, and I think we're going to see a, a healthy dose of Kyron Williams uh, tonight, 20-plus 20, 20 carries, and, and use play action with the two big receivers in Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Ryan, there's a lot going on in Pittsburgh right now uh, with that Steelers team, and they get Cincinnati this weekend. What do you think about that matchup and and sort of the state of both of those teams right now? Well, Cincinnati is is is, is thriving right now. I think they found themselves a, a solid backup quarterback, a guy that's probably earned himself some money and probably going to get some starters looks throughout the league because of how his start uh, they're going to be without Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins is a wide receiver one in anybody else's books, and it's given him a chance to earn some bigger dollars there during uh, free agency. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not too worried about Cincinnati right now. The bigger question is what has happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, the standard that is the standard there uh, means not what I think 
Mike Tomlin thinks it means right now. The standard for the Pittsburgh Steelers is, um, you know, poor uh, body language, um, bad offensive football, um, and, uh, you know, lack of, I think, ownership of or, or, or accountability. And he has never had a losing season in that. He's never had a season below 500. And they're sitting in a position right now where they could lose the last three games of the year and end up at seven and ten. It wouldn't surprise me at all. They had the Bengals, then they go out to Seattle, and I think they have the Ravens in the final weekend. So I, I think Cincinnati goes in and stays eligible for the playoffs. It um, it's trending in that direction. The defense has stepped up, and they're playing well. Pratt and and Logan Wilson. The fact that they were able to come back and find a way to win that game last week, I think, uh, speaks greatly about their character and the character of this team uh, heading into the last three weeks of the season. Lions got back on track with uh, a. a- Big win over over Denver. They will face Minnesota this week and can win their first division title in, in 30 years. What does Minnesota have left, and can they spoil that type of celebration and keep the, the race open in the NFC North? They can. I mean, what they would have to do is they'd have to, you know, win out, and uh, they would actually claim it with two victories over Detroit. I just – Detroit was going to have to scratch and claw their way through the end of this season – and there were some, you know, fits and starts, uh, losses to the likes of the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay loss at Thanksgiving. But I, I think what they found last week against Denver was something that they were searching for a way to to dominate an opponent and showcase what they're capable of doing, especially on the defensive side of the football. And I think that happened. So yeah, I think they over the next three weeks, I think you know, the, traveling down to Dallas. In week 17, is probably going to be a tough one. I don't know if they get out of there alive, but the two wins over Minnesota over the last three weeks, you know, will solidify that, give them the uh, the number four, I think the number three seed uh, in the NFC playoffs. And uh, in, the, in, in the city and the fan base is going to be able to be excited about it. And I think everybody should revel in it because it's something that's they've worked incredibly hard to get to. Ryan, something's got to give between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Cowboys struggle on the road. Dolphins struggle to beat good teams. So what ultimately happens when these two teams face off on Christmas Eve afternoon? Yeah, it's uh, it's a big game. I mean, I think that I, I wasn't too shocked to see them lay the egg in Buffalo. It's kind of been their M.O. late in the year. And they have not fared well on the road. They're 3-4. and four. Uh, They have a couple of bad losses on the road to, uh, to San Francisco, to Buffalo, to Arizona, all of those ones, you know, fit pretty prominent right now. And and the Miami Dolphins are explosive on offense, and they rush the football. And what did Buffalo expose last week? Rushing the football. If you don't get to third down, the best players for the Dallas Cowboys don't get to do their dirty work, which is third down, rushing the quarterback and getting them on the ground and making turnovers. So they didn't get to have, see that or have that happen. Uh, this is huge for Dallas because simply. You know, they're not going anywhere in the playoffs if they have to go to San Francisco. And, and it may be a mute point now after the loss last week to Buffalo because they can't catch them in terms of the tiebreaker either. But it's it's big for them at least to try to find a way to win the East and have a home game because maybe they don't go to Tampa Bay and win in the wild card like they did a year ago. It, it's just it's difficult for the Miami Dolphins. They're, they're trying to sew up a, a, a one seed too. a win here would be huge. A win would go a long ways because it wouldn't allow. Um, I don't think it would allow Buffalo uh, to win the East then if they were able to, um, you know, get a win over them. They need to find a way to get two wins 
uh, to win the East because if Buffalo goes undefeated the rest of the way through with them playing in Week 18, it still can be Buffalo's AFC East, which is incredible to think, where people were just you know packing them down the river just a couple weeks ago. Plenty at stake uh, with the matchup Baltimore and, and San Fran. Uh, just considering, well, we could be watching the MVP race right in front of yep. us, and also a potential Super Bowl matchup. I, I that's this is a very very reasonable um, matchup that that could be repeated on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, and um, for Baltimore, they got a significant finish. You know, big win at Jacksonville. I called that game last week in Jacksonville, and they were dominant. Lamar Jackson was was special. There's nothing, um, any sort of referendum or anything, if Baltimore goes to the best team in all of football right now on the road and gets beat. It, there's nothing there. I, I I can't wait for the game. I can't wait for the matchup. I think it's going to be incredibly good. I think losing Keaton Mitchell is a, is a big deal for the, the Baltimore Ravens. I think it uh, affects them and how they rush the football, especially with some of the speed he had. But uh, I like Baltimore regardless of how this outcome of this happens. The, the, the big one for me is against the Dolphins next week. Uh, if they win that one, they win uh, the one overall seed, and that means everybody in the AFC has to go through Buffalo, or everybody has to go through Baltimore. And I think that's a really difficult proposition to ask for every team in the AFC. It'd be the first time that the Kansas City Chiefs actually had to do it. We're going to see, um, we're gonna see Lamar Jackson have a chance to solidify this stuff too, uh, as far as surpassing Purdy or McCaffrey for the MVP vote. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's certainly the the guy that that makes everything go in Baltimore. His statistics aren't necessarily going to be flashy, but if they get the number one overall seed uh, and and he out outclasses Purdy and McCaffrey in this matchup head-to-head, yeah, that would go a long way to, to determining the MVP when it's all said and done. Would you go McCaffrey or Purdy? Oh, Purdy, by far. Um, it, it's, a, it's a quarterback award. For as much as McCaffrey's been good, it's, the guy still has to be distributed to. Like, if Purdy didn't exist, McCaffrey would not be getting the rock. He doesn't get the ball the same way from other quarterbacks. Just never has. Why wasn't, you know, Sam Darnold and and Baker Mayfield and before that, uh, you know, P.J. Walker and the quarterback play in, in Carolina different? You know, it's just, it's not. Brock Purdy right now, right now, if you were taking the vote, Brock Purdy is the, the most valuable player in the NFL. And it's not, it's close with Lamar, I would say, but Outside of those two, I don't think it's close anywhere else. It's nuts too because of the his salary. You're looking around the league, make making like eight hundred thousand. Can't get an extension until after next year, which allows San Francisco more cap space and the luxury of trading for a lot of really. He's good got a players. roommate. It's so expensive it to right. live in San Francisco. Yeah. Get it right in the draft, folks. You know uh, they did. Uh, wow. Well, they what missed. A, they missed, great. and then they did. It's crazy how it works out for them. You know they swung and. Missed and then you know their momentum swung them around and they found a, they got a hit on the back end there man it was, it was fun to watch. Ryan Leaf always a hit. Merry Christmas to you man. You and the family uh, enjoy the the weekend and uh, can't wait to catch up soon. Awesome, appreciate y'all. You guys have a wonderful holiday. I'm headed to uh, I got uh, Chiefs uh, Raiders Christmas Day. Oh nice. nice. Well, back to Arrowhead. What could go wrong for me? Merry Christmas. Nothing like watching Chiefs Raiders on, on Christmas Day and, and yeah. working that game. Thanks yeah. so much, Ryan. Hi, guys. Arrowhead will be a fun environment there yeah. for the holidays. Uh, won't be fun for Aiden O'Connell. I don't I think it will. Chiefs pass rush. I don't think the Raiders fans will be having much fun. No. Coming up, let, let's dive further into Florida State and the possibility they could be exploring the option tomorrow of leaving the ACC.
Got the Saints and Rams tonight on Thursday Night Football. Three and a half is the current spread. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Uh, we'll give you our pick in just a moment. Uh, a reminder, starting January 3rd, the only place to catch Outkick's original content, live on our website, outkick.com. You'll be able to catch up on YouTube after the live show, but for all of our live unfiltered content, head to the Watch tab at outkick.com. Outkick.com slash watch. That's outkick.com slash watch starting January 3rd. Give me the Rams minus three and a half tonight, Chad. Um, Rams are on a roll. They were three and six at the bye. They have gone uh, four and one. And, well, their loss was overtime to Baltimore. Stafford's been wheeling and dealing. Plus, uh, I mean, for whatever reason, it has just not clicked and worked offensively in New Orleans. I, it, I don't understand. It's it. crazy too that it feels all of a sudden that uh, you should care about the Rams again this yeah. year. They not, were just an right. afterthought for so long, and now I'm, they're in the seventh spot right now, Currently, right? Yep. <laughs> in the NFC, and I'm thinking they would be on the road. Wait a against, minute, this uh, is a this is a playoff Philly team again. Or Dallas probably. Yeah, it was just kind of a hey, they're not bad, and they can upset someone, and now they're a possible playoff yeah. team. Sean McVay back with Matthew Stafford, crazy. I did a little uh, parlay of Alvin okay. Kamara anytime touchdown. Love this. Okay. You know, I've been doing that. Yes. And, and you, you've been very successful. And I took Rams minus three and a half in, in the game. So I went I went parlay with that one. There's our confidence level. High on LA tonight. Yep. Um, so the report from Brett McMurphy uh, through a, a source uh, with the Florida State University Board of Trust meeting tomorrow to discuss the the options of possibly leaving the ACC for the Seminoles. Uh, according to front office sports, it's $120 million in a buyout from the grant of rights in the ACC. Chad, knowing, and again, the financials, maybe they make this up quickly. The financials, though, knowing that two years from where we sit next year, there's a two-year contract of the 12-team playoff for the rights with ESPN exclusively. Then the college football playoff is up for grabs. At that point, with the influx of all of that money, to me, that's the point when you make the jump. Right now, if you inform the ACC that you're out, the earliest Florida State could do that would be, what, July 1st, 2025? That's already a year into that two-year window. And by then, you're, you're seeing the negotiations take place behind the scenes for all of the rights holders who would want a piece of the college football playoff pie. I would wait for that moment and try to time it up when you believe that either, number one, you know that the super conference is coming, call, they're going to be calling, and they're going to start just snatching teams. Or... I think that's also the next time we see a mega expansion from either the Big Ten or the SEC with leading into that next era of college football. I would wait on that instead of spending $120 million and then knowing that that's coming anyway. As vocal as I've been about how bad Florida State got screwed in this whole selection process with the College Football Playoff Committee, I think they're going a little too far. Uh, with the response to it. I, we joked about the lawmakers that come in and say, you know, we're going to sue the, the committee right. for antitrust or <laughs> right. the Georgia lawmaker who says, hey, let's make the Orange Bowl part of the playoff with Georgia and Florida State, all that stuff. The grandstanding 
is always an overreaction. Bill Hancock even said as much. I understand Florida State exploring their options. I think to try to leave, as Hutton just laid out with the timing of all of it right now from the ACC, is also an overreaction to what just happened. Look, if Florida State loses one game next year as the ACC champion, they're going to be in a 12-team playoff. Are they going to have the seed that they want if they were in the SEC in the same scenario? No, because their schedule is not going to be the same also. So it's going to change moving forward. All this is very unfortunate about what just happened. The ACC had a had a down year. I don't think it's always going to be that down. I think there's years where they'll be just as good as the Big 12, let's say. Pac-12's no more. They're not going to be the SEC or the Big 10, and we know that. But what is the inevitable future? Is it Big 10 and SEC swallowing everyone up, and then you have like an AFL-NFL-style merger from back in the day where it's just two conferences that matter, and they're each going to have 24 teams in it? And then eventually they play at the end of the year in a Super Bowl style. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're all going to come together and you're going to have this super conference. That's going to happen sooner rather than later. So if I'm Florida State, I'm holding out for that. They're going to be in on that. The, yeah, and they, they know are. that. Florida State, Clemson, they Miami, need, they're going to be in on whatever happens next with college football. And, and what they also need, they need partners if they're going to exit the ACC this way. Because the one way to do it early is to challenge the grant of rights in some way. And McMurphy reported earlier this year that someone from the, another university uh, on their board was like, it, it would be one hell of a fight in court if they're going to try to do that. However, uh, ESPN points out, in May, it was revealed that seven ACC schools, these seven, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and NC State. They had conversations among themselves about the grant of rights and securing a path forward. If you have a strong group like that, the nucleus of the conference with you, then I could get behind an idea of trying to do it now instead of two years from now. But right now, individually, it just does not make does not make much sense. Uh, from the and you're right, it seems more like an emotional reaction, even though we know they've been trying to do this and have been vocal about it for a year and a half. It doesn't not even this past uh, summer. It was uh, they had the they had their media days, and prior to that, they were talking about how they're going to be behind by thirty million dollars annually to the SEC and uh, the Big Ten whenever the money kicks in for the new media rights agreements. Yeah, they definitely need a coalition if they're going to do it and break away in that fashion. They could do it more as a, a group that does it. I'm curious to see what where all this goes, but there's not a slam dunk home for them right now either. Now, we would think the SEC or the Big Ten would find their way to Florida State if they were out of the ACC and they didn't have to pay the money to get them out of the ACC, but this is not a Texas-Oklahoma situation where that was done behind the scenes, and then yeah. it's just, hey, we're leaving. It's all taken care of. So, yeah. and, and behind the, also, after Florida State decided to not... The, so the deadline for them to, to let the ACC know they were going to pay the money to exit the conference was August. They chose not to do that. They didn't file that by the deadline. So that's why the earliest can be a year after they could do it this coming August in 2024. Earliest would be 25. Right after that, though, they did add, as a conference, more teams to the, the whole pie. And those programs agreed to not take money from the pie. 
And by the way, Florida State was one of is either three or five, but I think it was three. They were one of the three programs that voted against adding SMU, Cal, and Stanford. And it was NC State and one other. Yeah, they were they were three that did not want to do it. And the that what's curious about that is Boo Corrigan, who's on the college football playoff committee, is the chair, is at NC State. Yeah. And I don't know the friction there or not, but I would presume that if you're going to have the coalition, it's a great way to determine what this would be. NC State's on this. They were this past offseason. You would need to, you know, set aside the differences of whatever took place in the college football playoff committee's meeting, putting Bama in and Texas in over Florida State. And, you know, it's... There's no slam dunk either way on this, but um, I, I, I just think if you break away now solo, then you're really putting yourself at risk also if you're Florida State. And the ACC, have, have we heard much pushback from them? They should – Florida State's well, pissed so, off, Jim, but have we heard from Jim Phillips in the same manner? So there are some lingering bad feelings from Florida State towards Jim Phillips and the ACC – because it appeared that Greg Sankey fought harder for his teams leading up to the selection, that he was much more public, much more outspoken about an SEC team. They must be in that playoff. And Jim Phillips was pretty quiet until he had the scathing response after Florida State after. got snubbed. That's the key. So I think there's probably some, oh, yeah, we talked about leaving and wanting more money, and now suddenly you're not going to fight for Florida State. But if it was anyone else – you would have been out there doing interviews talking yes. about how they should be in. Yes, and I, I mean, if I'm the if I'm the Big 12, I'm wanting Texas in, even though Texas is leaving, because you're getting money for being a part of the college football playoff distribution. Yeah. ACC should be fighting the same way, even if they are upset with Florida State. That was the, I mean, the ACC has had eight teams in the playoffs since 2014. They should be, they should be banging that drum that Florida State should have been in. And they, we say they should have. We would have the men based on the unbeaten of Power Five this season. It's a lot of money, though. It's a lot of coin, knowing that you've got a lot of coin coming your way in a 12-team playoff, and you have the potential this year they would be hosting a game uh, for the ability to move on to the next round of the playoff. What's, what is the ACC, when you have those new teams coming in, I'm curious to see what all that looks like a year from now, too, with Stanford and Cal making those trips. SMU. SMU, well. SMU does not feel like an ACC program to me, but now they're in the ACC. I mean, they they fought for their hundred million, yeah. You know, to jump in. I mean, I'm still getting used to West Virginia being in the Big Twelve, so the, the, some That's, of these things are tough to yeah, it's, wrap your head around. Well, and we're talking about it now. Who knows what it looks like by what the discussion of this coming August? Yeah, when it's uh, when the, the dust settles from the, the next one. Uh, Oppenheimer, like right? Yeah, uh, we're gonna Chad. see more of that. The uh, NFL Eliminator competition. Did we all actually win? Did that we happen? We all won. Wow. Congratulations Crazy. to all of us uh, for week 15. Chiefs won. Dolphins win. Davey gets a win with the San Francisco 49ers. So we move forward into I'm, week 16. I'm always convinced, by the way, Hutton, that I've lost. Like, I see one surprise happening, and I forget who I picked in the Eliminator, and I have to send to Davey, did I pick this team that's losing right now? Because I always revert <laughs> back to the worst-case scenario when the big upset is taking place, and he says, no, you, you won. You picked so, the Dolphins. So, uh, I say he won with San Francisco. Davey's, he can't go with uh, San Francisco again. He's going with Philadelphia this week, not San Francisco. 
uh, as his pick. So let me uh, point this out for week 16 uh, in the back-to-back weeks that it shows there, uh, 14 and 15. I, I'm starting uh, with Buffalo. Buffalo Bills on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. Must win for the Buffalo Bills. They've been playing great football as of late. They're winning even though Josh Allen isn't throwing for 100 yards. They're running all over the Dallas Cowboys who had not allowed a 100-yard rusher this season. And then we see what happened with Cook running all over them this past week uh, from the Bills offense. Same's going to happen with the Chargers who are looking ahead to an offseason where they'll have a new general manager, a new head coach. Maybe it's the same guy. And while they have a ton of talent, there's no direction currently. There wasn't throughout the entire season. Move had to be made. Interim's there. And Giff Smith, congrats. Here come the Buffalo Bills with the playoff straight ahead. And oh, by the way, they can also win the division, Chad, because Miami, they're hosting Dallas. They don't beat good teams. Dallas doesn't win on the road, though. Buffalo needs a win on the road. I'm taking the Bills. I'm going to go uh, with not one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I know Davey went 49ers to Eagles, uh, Chiefs to Bills. Yeah. I'm going the Denver Broncos. I, I just think the Patriots are dead. This is really simple for my decision on this. I think Denver's an eight and a half or nine and a half point favorite in this game. Double the spread. Give me, give me the Broncos. This is a double the spread special, Hutton. Eight and a half, give me the Broncos by 17 Love in this it. game. Also, uh, remember, you've, you have Denver, who was playing good football until last weekend when they were boat raced by Detroit. Uh, meanwhile, so many questions in New England. Bad ball, bad offense. Good luck, Bailey's Bad Abbey. general managering, bad yep. coaching maybe. Yep. A um, lot, of, lot of bad going on right now in New England. That's yes. probably going to end with... Bill Belichick may be coaching the L.A. Chargers. And maybe. For someone else. And again, we are taking the Rams tonight, minus three and a half. And only uh, anytime touchdown is? Alvin Kamara, anytime touchdown. Make it happen. Enjoy the start to the weekend. Yeah. Maybe you're already Football's on Football's here. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. For Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow, right here on the Outkick Network.